Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. I'm your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake Guichet, and I'm so pumped to be bringing you season two of this show, packed full of more people telling incredible stories of who God is and what he's done. Today's interview is with Dr. Chuck Page. Chuck is a surgeon, author, and storyteller who has had a ringside seat to the sick and suffering. And today we're talking about faith and selflessness in the midst of hard times. Chuck, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's great to be here, Blake. It's really an honor. Yeah, so you are a surgeon and an yep. author. <laughs> we were just yep. talking about it before we started recording. You have a foot in both world, worlds. You wrote A Spoonful of Courage for the Sick and Suffering, Transforming Your Greatest Challenges into Your Biggest Blessings. So yes, ma'am. to get us started, tell us about yourself and what you do and tell us about your book. So I'm also a dad. I'm a father of five children. I've been married to my wife, Joanna, for 20, 25 years. Oh. So I carry a lot of different hats and, uh, you know, in a, being a small town surgeon, I, I do a lot of different things. I mean, from trauma to cancer, to endoscopy, to breast cancer, you name it, we do it. So, and, uh, and so it's kind of funny. I, I've kind of had this ringside seat to watch people go through the most difficult times of their life. And it's really been interesting. And I've learned to listen to people and I've learned to, um, kind of learn their lessons, mm. you know, as I've kind of, kind of walked through this, my journeys with people, some good, some bad, you know, we're, we're not all perfect, but, um, but it's been a, it's been a good ride. So I've been doing this for about 20 years. I've been out of residency for 20 years now. So you can do the math. Yeah. I'm, mm. I'm a dinosaur. So in, in a really crazy changing healthcare system, I mean, mm. things are, are you know just changing every day and uh sometimes i feel like we're rearranging deck chairs on the titanic <laughs> you know what i mean it's just so cra- so crazy yeah but it's it's really neat because uh, one of the neat things about working in healthcare is you're able to get up in the morning and and you realize i mean whatever problem you've got going on in your life you really realize that it could always be worse mm. and 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 that's kind of one of the things that i want folks to kind of get from the book as they read the stories is that these are real stories about real people, you know, and so often we get consumed with our own problems and our own challenges and we forget that we have a lot to be thankful for. Mm-hmm. And so so that's kind of one of the big ideas that I want people to kind of, um, you, you know, to, to get from the from the book as they as they kind of read through the pages and read the stories. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. <laughs> Rearranging deck chairs on the titanic i'm gonna i think i'm gonna steal that because yes ma'am <laughs> so accurate um so you are a small town surgeon which means you do yep all of the things we talked a little bit before we started recording about i mean you you're here and you're there and you're you're really like juggling all of the things where a lot of people are usually more like focused in in their practice right um so you have therefore seen so much more probably than another surgeon would because you are kind of spanning right like you're spanning the spectrum yeah it's crazy yeah and so because we're because i'm serving a community you know and so mm -hmm. a lot of times i'm the only guy that there is to call funny story i tell people i'm the best guy to see on the worst day of your life Uh, Mm -hmm. there was this 
I went into a room to see a patient in the hospital and, he, and I walked in the room and he just started smiling, he just looked so happy. And he says, hey, doc, I hadn't seen you in seven years. And I was like, man, that kind of hurts my feelings, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, I kind of said, well, what's the deal, man? Why are you so happy that you haven't seen me in seven years? He said, well, you know, doc, the last time you saw me, you chopped my leg off, you know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm kind of the, I'm kind of the guy that you really um, – you, you hope you never see, right. but you know when I'm there, you know hopefully you'll 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 realize that that I'm needed. So yeah, so it's been a good gig. Yeah, absolutely. So where did your desire to write a book and encourage the sick and the suffering in their challenges? What inspired you to put this book together and put people's stories together? Well, a lot of it kind of arose out of my faith. You know, as a Christian, I've you know. Um, teaching people, uh, you know, I, I teach a, a, um, a group of uh, senior adults in our church on Sunday nights. And, you know, and I've, I've kind of realized that we don't really need more information, although information is important. What we really need is inspiration. And so when you tell people a story, I mean, it just connects with people. And so, but really kind of what, what, what got me going with the book was that my my office burned down about three years ago. So I had a, my own office. It was actually my retirement program. And, and so, and yeah, and, and I took off one evening. I went home. It was a Friday afternoon. I got called from the emergency room and they said, you know, hey, doc. And I said, wait a minute, I'm going to call in the emergency room. And they said, wait a minute, your building is on fire. So I went back and watched my building burn down. And it's interesting uh, as I walked through the rubble, there were four things there that kind of helped reminded me of things that I could, you know, kind of um, build my life back on. One was a was a Bible that had survived the fire. Mm. It was charred, but the words were still good. And the other was an old black doctor's bag. I'd use it. So, you know, the old fashioned doctor's mm-hmm. bag. I had one of those and the, and the black smoke had kind of charted. I realized that, hey, even though I lost my office, I still have an opportunity to, to practice and have an impact on people's lives. The third thing uh, was these pictures of my kids. I had, my wife is my wife loves pictures. And she had these pictures of all of our kids um, at the age of four. They were all dressed in cowboy outfits. And so those, I mean, the fire had singed the pictures and they kind of changed. They were colored and they became this kind of grayish Ansel Adams color. It just reminded me that, you know, I still have my family to, to influence. And then right at the top of the stairwell, there was this, there was this cross and the fire had just completely just, I mean, it was hideous. It was, it was a beautiful, char, uh, you know, stained wall that my wife had, had worked on with a cross on it. And it was just this black charred, you know, wall. And, I, I when I when I got up there, I took the cross off the wall. What was interesting is that behind the cross there was still this beautiful stained wood. So there was this mm. cross that was burned into the wall. Wow! Kind kind of reminded me that sometimes things happen in our lives that we don't ever really understand why they happen, but yet what really people see often in the in those times in our lives is hopefully they see the impression of Christ, you know, mm. in those times that we never understand. You know, we're never going to understand the meaning of suffering on this side of eternity. I mean, I, you know, I don't think we're ever going to really figure it out, but I think maybe the goal is should be different. Maybe it should be that, you know, Christ's um, life is imprinted in our lives, kind of mm. burned in our lives like that wall. So, um, just to encourage people that if you're going through a difficult circumstance, 
God's got this and he's working out some good things uh, mm-hmm. through this. So anyway, so my building burned down and, and, and kind of what inspired me to, to do to to do the book is um, I was still on call that weekend um, mm. and yeah, I had to go work and people began to tell me their stories. And I realized, you know, the, the pat on the back, you know, hey, it's going to be OK. All things work for good. Although those were good things. What really kept me going was when people told me their stories mm. and there was there's one guy in particular. I'll never forget this. I went in the room and he started telling me his story. He says, Yeah, I saw you on TV. And I heard about your building. And then he told me his story. He says, You know, Doc, my house burned down and my wife was inside. She was an invalid and I couldn't get her out. Oh. And I had to watch her I had to watch her die in the house. And you know, I was kind of throwing my little pity party at that point mm-hmm. uh, in my life and I and I realized when I heard his story, I said, wow, I have nothing. I have nothing to complain about, you know? And and so, and that's what a power of a story does. And that's kind of when I began kind of compiling these stories and, and, and kind of working on, you know, a spoonful of courage. So, so that's really kind of what got me going. Yeah. I love that, that what we don't need more information, like we need more inspiration, you know, that's, and we live in this information age where, whether you want it or not, information is being like shoved down your throats and Absolutely. screamed at you from all aspects. And I think we can feel like we have to, like there's a responsibility to take it all in. And right. you're, it's so true, though, that like we don't, I don't need any more information unless I want it. Like unless I want to learn how to knit, I don't need more information. <laughs> like I need truth. I need people's stories to to point me back to Christ and to point me back to what is important. And I love that that is your heart and your intention is to kind of have that optimistic view on things. I think that's so necessary. And I know like we've, you're talking, I mean, your practice burns down and, and, then you have a conversation with someone whose house burned down, but they lost their wife in the process. I know you have to have had so many encounters with so many incredible stories. And I know that one of the things that you talk about in your book is the way that people's faith affects them walking through like suffering or illness. I'd love to hear about that a little bit. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, faith definitely makes a huge impact on our on, on the way we see our circumstances, you know, I mean, I mean, if we didn't have the truth of the scriptures that remind us, you know, like the scripture I just mentioned, you know, all things work, you know, together for good, they may not be easy and they may not be, uh, you know, something we, uh, we, you know, at the time appreciate, but they're always realizing there's always something that God is working out behind the scenes in our suffering. And, mm-hmm. and I would just encourage somebody, if you're going through a difficult circumstance, what if a health challenge, financial crisis, whatever, you know, remember that your story is important and that there are people that really that your story will impact in a huge way if you just mm-hmm. if, if you just uh, have the courage to share with them. And so. But, yeah, it does make a difference. And, and you know, so often and I see people who go through the process without faith and I just wonder, man, they just have no it's like they have no rudder, you know, to help them. No anchor for the soul, as it talks mm-hmm. about in Hebrews, you know, mm-hmm. no anchor for the soul to hold them um, in the midst of of storms. And 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 so 
yeah, it just makes a huge difference. You know, I, I try to tell people to to keep focus. You know, so mm-hmm. often we don't realize that uh, because we're so emotionally overwhelmed, we don't realize the possibilities that our problems bring. You mm-hmm. know, and and so I mean, think about this. You know, suffering and difficult circumstances are an opportunity to grow in faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and it talks about that in Romans. It talks about how. Character brings perseverance and perseverance, exactly. all these things. And then, and then, then James talked about, you know, count it all joy, you know, as, as, you know, as you, when you go through all these things. So, you know, it does, it does help us to grow into maturity. And, and I know that even having my building burned down and some other things I've faced, man, I, you know, I can't explain them. I don't understand them, but yet I know that somehow God's, God's uh, toughening me up a little bit. So mm-hmm. opportunity to grow, Number two, it's an opportunity uh, to, uh, you know, it's an invitation to intimacy. I mean, Mm. the people that I've seen who are suffering, that are really suffering, especially with cancer or something, it's almost like those that are Christians, it's almost like the presence of God is just so palpable in their lives. You know, it talks about how God is our very present help in a time of trouble. And so, you know, it's it's just amazing how, uh, when we're going, when things are going great in our lives, we just, uh, you know, we just, we don't really, uh, you know, key in and connect uh, with God like we do when we're going through a difficult crisis. And I really think that's why we, <laughs> that's one of the reasons why we go through all these things is that we learn that really God is really all we need. Mm-hmm. So, and the third thing too is influence. I, I really think that we forget just how much people listen to us. Hmm. When we go through a difficult crisis, you know, and uh, you know, my mother died of lung cancer probably four or five years ago. And just remembering all the people that came by and just the impact that she's, she had in their lives, not even by saying much, but just by yeah. her presence. And, and so we all often forget that. It's kind of like, uh, you know, I play guitar and you can play guitar, you know, with or without the loudspeaker. But, you know, <laughs> pain is like that loud. I think it was C.S. Lewis. But the pain is like that loudspeaker. It's hooking, it, hooking your guitar up to an amp and cranking it up. I mean, people, but people. Are, are just you know they can't help but notice and so we when we realize those things um it makes it easier to endure them you know yes. it doesn't make them easy i mean that's why we didn't call the book a spoonful of sugar because right. we're not sugar coat we're not we're not sugar coating suffering we're really you know we're really uh you know you know suffering and you know challenges are real yeah but god can give us the strength and power to get to get through them I love what you said about those two verses. Like, so the verse in Romans where Paul's talking about in Romans 8, like, that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. And I think we can, like, focus in on that verse and we love that verse and we hold on to that verse. And that's great. But then we want to pretend like James 1 doesn't exist. (laughs) Like, we don't want to have the responsibility of considering suffering, like consider it all joy, right? Like we're cherry picking which hard and impactful verses we apply to our lives. And I think that if you imply both, I mean, that is the ultimate, right? If I can like consider these hard times opportunities for growth and solidarity with other people and that this is a part of my story and that god is using this for good you know it's kind of 
gosh, how much, how different would believers look from the world when they're suffering if those things it, were present? It helps us to keep going. And there's yeah. so many people that they just, I mean, they get a diagnosis of cancer or they're in a car wreck or whatever, and they, you know, whatever. And they just, they give up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, often that is the, you know, that's the tipping point in our life when God really begins to, to grow us and mature us and use us in ways that we never really thought imaginable. Let me tell you a funny story. So talk about trying to escape suffering. So I took a, I took this guy's small intestine out over at one of the hospitals. We have one of the hospitals over close to Walmart. And the guy's name was Willie. Anyway, Willie wasn't, he wasn't the brightest guy. So anyway, so, I, I, you know, I got out and I took a small bowel out and everything went good. And, you know, this is typically an operation that you're usually in for a week. We put a tube down your nose because the bowels go to sleep. I mean, it's a big deal. Yeah. So anyway, so I went down to the recovery room to talk to his mother and she says, now, you got to remember, Willie's got to take his, his medicines. If he doesn't take his medicines, he gets really, he, he gets really uncontrollable. So I said, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So anyway, so that night about two o'clock in the morning, I get a call from the hospital administrator. I mean, you know, hospital, two o'clock in the morning, hospital. Willie had left the hospital and had walked across the road over to Walmart. And I want you to realize, you know, he's in the, the gown. We call the gown ICU, you know, because of the, mm-hmm. the tush is showing. So he's there with his NG tube, his tube down his nose. He goes and he buys a he goes and buys a pair of sneakers and gets a bunch of soda pop. And he's drinking soda pop with his tush out, you know, here in the Walmart. And so I get this call from the hospital minister. We've, we've got a problem. We've got a situation. <laughs> yeah. You know, just thinking about thinking about Willie, you know, the police had to come and get him. And, you know, he walked across the street in his ivy pole. You know, I mean, none of us want to, none of us want to endure something. Mm-hmm. You know, we all want to try to escape it and get out of of what God's trying to teach us in that. But if we'll, mm. if we just hang in there, you know, and if we, if we don't hang in there, I mean, it can get really kind of dangerous. Uh, you know, and we don't learn those lessons, you know, they, what's that saying about tests? You know, um, Christians never fail tests. They just have to repeat them over and over mm-hmm. again. So often mm-hmm. whatever circumstance we're going through, we gotta, we gotta learn the lesson and we gotta endure it and embrace it instead of trying to escape it. I think if we do that, it'll make all the difference. Yeah, I completely agree. I have a close friend that um, struggles with fibromyalgia. And Mm. so she's pretty consistently and constantly in pain. The weather changes and she, you know, is miserable. And watching her walk through suffering and not try to escape it, not try to pretend like it's not happening, because that's the other thing that, Christians will try to do. They think yep. that enduring suffering means acting like it's not happening, right? Like everything's fine. I'm fine. This is great. Not this is like she'll be like, "No, the, like we had a 40 degree weather change yesterday. Everything hurts, but God is still good." Like her example of embracing, enduring, trusting God in the process of suffering, it's so multifaceted. And I think and and I think that you have done a great job of not attempting to simplify suffering, but just like bring it into the light and be like, this is real. Like you are going to suffer, whether it is cancer, whether it is a building burning down, whether it is difficult yep. relationships, like you are going to suffer. But 
Like, God is still good in the midst. He sees you in your suffering. He doesn't want you to act like it's not there, but he does want you to trust you in it. He does want you to trust him in it. Absolutely. You know, so so one way or another, God is going to be present. God is give us the, you know, if he doesn't bring us out of the adversity, mm-hmm. uh, which he can't do, mm-hmm. so often he doesn't, but he, but, but he gives us the, the power to, to endure whatever mm-hmm. we're going through. And that's the, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Remember, God, so often I think too, to a difficult crisis, our emotions get the best of us. You know, we, mm-hmm. our feelings, you know, we feel alone, we feel afraid, we feel, you know, we feel inadequate to face the challenges that are kind of ahead of us, you know, whatever they are. We feel uh, just isolated. There's all these emotions. And and so one of the things I, I want people to remember is, is to go back and and not that feelings are bad, but go back to the facts that God is there. Mm-hmm. He has a purpose. He has a plan. We're not alone. He's always promised to be with us in whatever circumstance we face. He's always promised uh either get us out of it or bring us through it one way or another, he's going to be with us. And so, uh, and if there's all those opportunities, so, you know, and, and then, you know, from our facts, we move to our faith and then we let our feelings follow. And so often mm. when we let our feelings drive, drive the train, you know, that's when we get into trouble because we begin looking inward, you know, and we begin looking at, Oh, you know, we throw pity parties. I do this all the time. I had some about this morning, but anyway, um, so, and we begin to look inward, you know, and there's nothing wrong with it being introspective, but we first got to look upward. And when we look mm-hmm. upward and we look at God and say, hey, God, you've got this, you know, all things work together. And we can go through all the promises of scripture that we have and then begin, okay, these are the facts. Regardless mm-hmm. of how I feel about the situation, regardless of my emotions, these are the facts. I'm not alone. You promised me to mm-hmm. never leave me or forsake. You know, you have, you know, you've given me the Holy Spirit. You give me yourself living inside me to guide me, to help me through these situations. So all that stuff we have, you know, we just have to believe it. And that's the next step is just believing what God said. You know, it's interesting. You know, that story. And, and so everybody knows the story in the Bible about, you know, when Peter walks on water, you know, and initially he, he's able to walk, walk on water above his circumstances and man, everything's going great. And then it says in the scripture that, he looked at the winds and he looked at the waves and he began to sink, you know. Mm-hmm. So Peter lost his focus. And when he lost his focus, he lost his face, you know, his faith. He began, he got distracted and then he began to doubt. And that's what happens with, with, with all of us. I mean, none of us are perfect. We're all like Peter. We all right. sink because we lose focus. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just that's just part of, I think, being human. But getting back to the fact that, you know, if we keep our focus, we keep our faith and, and, and it just makes things easier. But then... All along, God and His grace is there to pull us up out of the water if we just ask Him, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's what Peter did, you know? Yeah. So, you know, um, show me your focus, I'll show you your future. Yeah, and you I know, love that, you, that you, like, focus. It's like you focus on the facts and let that inform your feelings. Like, all the F is, <laughs> F, Fs. Like, it, but it's true. And I think that, you know, I think that there is such a dichotomy for people between, like, either they feel like they're not allowed to have feelings and to that I'm always my response is always well God created you with feelings so that's not true but we were never intended to let our feelings drive the car right like they're they're in the car but they can't drive the car because 
we're human and our feelings I, I tell people all the time like feelings aren't facts you know and sometimes that sounds really harsh but <laughs> but it's true but but it's true it, but you know but you know, we, we were created to be emotional beings. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, you know, we worship, we experience joy. I mean, those are all feelings that we have. Right. But the source of the feelings comes from the facts, comes from the truth. And so often, you know, we focus on our experiences. And, you know, and, and that's, we, we got to get back to seeing, seeing, you know, our, interpreting our experiences through the lens of Scripture, you know. Yeah. And so that's, uh, you know, that's where it at. But I'll tell you, even the people that really seem to thrive, in difficult circumstances are people who not only look upward, but they look outward. They mm. begin to look at other people, you know, they begin mm-hmm. to find other people that they can encourage. Um, so I told you, I mentioned earlier, my mother died of lung cancer about four years ago. Weird thing. She never smoked healthy as a horse. My grandmother had to be like 102. So I mm. thought my mother was going to live, but she, uh, she got this weird kind of lung cancer and faked everybody out. You know, I'm a surgeon. I fix things. Mm. Here it is. My mother was dying of lung cancer. I couldn't do anything about it. So along comes this lady named Catherine. Now, Catherine is a lady down here deep in the woods of East Texas. She, What she does is she goes and she walks along the river and picks pecans. And that's her time with the Lord. She was a lady of faith. Well, I met, I, I met Catherine. Uh, she had had a locally advanced breast cancer. Mm. And you know, she came to the emergency room with it. When it was an emergency, she'd had it for years, and she knew that it was her time. And so she just didn't do anything about it. Her kids brought her to the emergency room. And so anyway, she kept coming back to the office, and here was a lady dying of breast cancer. And she heard about my mother. Hmm. And, you know, the conversation was never about her and her problems. It was always about how is your mother. Mm-hmm. And just, just you know, just a... <laughs> just to let me know that she was praying for my mother and she would bring these pecans in that she picked and she would always bring me pecans. Yeah, I'm from Texas. so I love pecans. But anyway, she'd bring these pecans in and she'd tell me, you know, I'm praying for your mother. How's your mother? The conversation really was never about her. Mm-hmm. And um, here it was. I was a guy who was supposed to be imparting, mm. you know, knowledge and all this stuff to her. And yet I'm the one that was receiving uh, from her. And, you know, that's just such an example of someone who was looking outward and it made such an impact on my life and in a situation that I was, I felt so out of control in, and yet, um, you know, she had a huge impact. So just encourage people to, you know, look outward and find ways to encourage other people in the midst of your, of your challenges, whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you've got cancer or if you're in the hospital, there's all kinds of people that you can encourage your doctor. <laughs> yeah. You know, lots of people that you can find, a lot of things that you can do to look outward. And those are the people that really seem to thrive. It, it's mm-hmm. funny. They they seem to do better. They seem to, you know, with through procedures and through chemotherapy or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just looking upward and looking outward. I mean, it's, it makes a huge, makes a huge impact. Well, and, and that's ultimately Jesus's, command to us is love God and love each other. And so that there were no caveats. That's good. Yeah. I mean, there were no caveats to that. It didn't say love God and love each other when things are great. It's, it was like end of sentence, you know, and I think that we can put our own disclaimers on that when in reality, if we would keep that as our, as the command on our lives, even when things are hard and, 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 
what we would call bad, you're right, it does. It colors everything else. And it equips mm. us to walk through it so much more beautifully, you know? Mm. Well said. Um, yeah. So we close our episodes with rapid fire questions. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, they're, fun, they're like fun little ways to close it out. What is your coffee order? My coffee order, Folgers. Folgers at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I love it. Black? Yeah, just black. Black? I've changed. I used to drink a lot of cream and I'm trying to do some things. I'm trying to do some intermittent fasting, you know, as you get older. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, So I'm doing a little bit of intermittent fasting. I don't eat during the morning. So I just drink my coffee black, which is terrible because I love a ton of cream in my coffee. But yeah, I drink it black so that I fast and it's supposed to like reset your cells so Mm -hmm. that... You know, you're not getting so much, you know, as far as your insulin resistance and stuff. So just trying to, to lengthen the old years here, Blake. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so I'm a uh, Black Folgers coffee. Black man. Folgers coffee at four o'clock in the morning. Four o'clock in the morning. Every uh, day. And the last one is if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Oh, wow. Man, I think, um, I think I would want. I wouldn't want to be able to know what other people are thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As a surgeon, you know, not to, not to really worry about what other people think. I think probably be cool to fly. I, I just, yeah. I, you know, I've always been a Superman nut. Yeah. I, I've always loved that. I mean, you know, I know my kids love Batman and stuff, but you know, I think flying is cool. Yeah. It'd be great to be able to get from point A to point B and not have to stop at a red light. I completely <laughs> agree. Completely agree. Uh, tell everyone where they can find you and follow you and get a copy of your book. Okay, so you can find my book in any bookstores. Um, you can uh, I have a sale on my book uh, on my website, and I'll give you a link for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can uh, you know get in touch with our stuff and our blog and all podcasts and all that stuff through our through our website, which is Charles W. Page um, or spoonfulofcourage.com. dot com. And uh, yeah, you can reach us that way. So. Yeah, so we've got a lot of stuff, too. I've got a lot of stuff for chaplains, like free things that you can print out to give to somebody yeah. in the hospital as a free gift and stuff. A lot of times people go to the hospital and don't want to give people. They, yeah. you know, so just stuff like that. So, um, yeah. And so I've also got a – about to offer you guys my Surviving Sickness and Suffering Toolkit. It goes over a lot of this stuff. We're talking about, about facts, faith, and feelings, mm-hmm. you know, and how to really, you know, deal with those things. talks about, you know, how, how do we – how do we address healing and stuff mm. like that? I mean, you know, when God doesn't answer our prayers or answers in the way that he doesn't want us to answer them. So, yeah, just a lot of different stuff that people can yeah. do on the website. Yeah, and we will link all of that in your show description so people can find that really easily within the app. Chuck, thank you so much. This was such a great conversation. This was such a blessing. It's been awesome, Blake. It's been really awesome. Um, yeah, I learned a lot. I like what you said about the steering wheel. I'm going to have to use that. <laughs> all right that's it for this week thanks for tuning in to another episode of the crappy christian podcast and hey by the way if you super loved it can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening that'd be awesome all right see you next week
Electrical pros, the Home Depot can help you put safety first with a four-pack of Kitta FireX Hardwire smoke detectors for just $39.97. Order these interconnected smoke alarms online and you put safety first. And that's followed by $10 savings on each pack, free delivery, and peace of mind knowing you got the right brand for fire safety. See? Put safety first and everything else follows when you order a four-pack of Kitta smoke detectors for just $39.97. Only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only.